Under the influence is what we are talking about this morning, being under the influence. Anybody see the uh, Time Magazine cover this past week? See that? Apple is changing the world. Apple is changing the world with the new Apple Watch. Anybody get an Apple Watch already? Anybody here? Wow. Oh, no, no, it's not out. Oh, that's right. That's a good, that's an excellent point that it's not out yet. You know what I thought was cool about this article, though? <laughs> what's cool about this article is that it said in the beginning, in the first couple lines, it said this. It said, Apple is not in the business of, like it said, I think, creating things. It said it's in a grislier business, resurrection. Oh, wow, man. Now we're like equating Apple with like the Messiah or something. Jesus. It was incredible. But what they're saying about this watch when it comes out, there's the game changer. Everybody's been trying to change the world through like a smartwatch, but Apple has finally done it. And it's going to change all of our lives, whether we like it or not. That's how much influence this technology is going to have upon us. And today I want to talk about influence. People influence our lives. I, sometimes somebody comes in our life, sometimes we even pray God send somebody else, and there's this huge influence in our lives. Today I want to talk about what it's like to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. I want us to watch a clip first and listen closely to the words in this clip because I think they're very, very powerful. Let's, let's roll it. Okay. Now, I got a real great compliment for you and it's true. I'm so afraid you're about to say something awful. Don't be pessimistic. It's not your style. Okay. Here I go. It's clearly a mistake. I've got this, what, ailment. <laughs> My doctor, a shrink that I used to go to all the time, he says that in 50 or 60% of the cases, a pill really helps. I hate pills. Very dangerous thing, pills. Hate. I'm using the word hate here about pills. Hate. My compliment is, that night when you came over and told me that you would never... Um... Um... All right, well, you were there. You know what you said. Well, my compliment to you is... The next morning, I started taking the pills. I don't quite get how that's a compliment for me. You make me want to be a better man. That's maybe the best compliment of my life. Uh, I think that's really powerful. You make me want to be a better man. Um, I, I'm going to talk about guys just a second, if you'll bear with me. And just because I'm a guy, so it's my context, and I talk a lot to guys mainly. Okay? So, and I'm sure women, you feel the exact same way, okay? But just bear with me. When I talk to guys, whether they go to church or they don't go to church, or I read books about guys, or I have some kind of interaction, this deep desire. To be a better man is a very consistent theme, a very consistent theme. It's a deep longing 
to be a guy who's kind of like, you know, what Russell Crowe screams out in Gladiator, strength and honor, strength and honor, to be that honorable guy, to be that reliable guy, to be that sacrificial guy, stand-up guy who does the right thing, to be a man of honor. I hear that so loud and clear. And the reason why this Galatians 5 is critically important to us today, critically, critically important, I'm serious, this is one of the most practically, daily, practically important chapters in the entire Bible because it addresses the situation. Only the Holy Spirit, if you like to fill things in, this is, this is the one thing I want to talk about today. Only the Holy Spirit can make us be the man or the woman that we truly long to be. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. Of course, people come into our lives and affect our lives in wonderful and beautiful and powerful ways. And that's very needed. I'm not downplaying that one bit. But the Holy Spirit, everybody, is what Galatians 5 is about and how the Holy Spirit can influence our lives in powerful ways to fulfill that deep longing that all of us have to be that man or that woman that we truly long to be. I'm going to go through just a number of things here in these verses, kind of housekeeping things, things that you might, as you read through this section, like, oh, what's up with that? You would wonder about. So I feel we have to at least address them for a moment, and then I'm going to come back to the heart of it. I don't want you to get lost in the weeds, so I'm going to, I'm going to deal with those things up front, but then we're going to come to the heart of what this passage is really about. So here we go. It says in Galatians 5, starting number, uh, verse number 16, it's on the screen behind me, or it's, uh, or it's in your Bible, or on your phone, or It's on the back of the bulletin, I think, too. It says this, So I walk by the Spirit. I walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. There's a battle going on, and the Spirit, what is contrary to the flesh. What does it mean when it says flesh? That language there uh, just is so foreign to us. It means those things, all the things that are other than the things that God is putting in your heart, leading you to be and do, your characters, everything else. It's all those other things that are fighting against, right? So they're in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Let's take it it in bite-sized chunks, verses 16 and 18 that I just read right here. It's speaking of an internal battle. Many times we think about, you know what? I'm battling because this person or, or this thought or something's going on in the world. If that would just change, if the things external to me would just change, I'd be okay. But internally, I'm not fighting a fight. And what it's saying right here, if the Holy Spirit is active in your life, since none of us are perfect, if the Holy Spirit is active in your life, you are in a conflict. You are in a, an internal battle, not an external battle, in an internal battle between what the Holy Spirit wants to produce in your life and the other stuff that's in conflict with what the Holy Spirit wants to produce. And every single one of us is that way. Every single one. So if we're not feeling an internal battle, there is a problem. We are out of the game. We're out of the spiritual growth, follow Jesus game. This is what it's setting up for us. And so that's how this whole thing begins. And then we get to verse number 19. And here's what it says in 19. It gives you a whole bunch of words to consider, all right? The acts of the flesh, so all the stuff that is in fighting against the Holy Spirit work in your life, they're obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, 
envy and drunkenness and orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Here's, here's, here's what you need to know. This is super important, everybody, here. Let me go through the words real quick. you got three words about sexual immorality right there, straight up front. Then you have two words about religious activity, idolatry and witchcraft. Then you have eight words about the destruction the destruction of relationship. Four of those eight are about the attitude and the other four are the results. So selfishness leads to dissensions and factions and on and on it goes. And the final two words about substance abuse, drunkenness and orgies. Orgies is not of the sexual nature. It's of the fraternity house nature, a drinking bench, okay? That's what it's describing. Here's why this is so critically important to every single one of us in this room because we tend to hear a few things in that list and we say, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's right, that's right. You're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Here's what you need to know. Everything is grouped together, right? It's, it's, all, it's all one list. In God's perspective, they're all completely grouped together. Why does that make a difference? It makes a huge difference to all of us because there's a number of things here that kind of, the New Testament church and every church since New Testament times has struggled with like factions and jealousy and envy and strife. Very common. You read through the New Testament. Very, very, very common. Very, very common that the church folk struggle with. And then the pagans in those days, which we written about, immorality and drunkenness. And for us, we seem to have as people this set of sins, this last list of set of sins. And we say, you know what? Here's this set of sins that are like really bad right? And they're the kind of sins that you better stop doing that kind of sin or you're going you're gonna to fry, you're toast, you're in trouble. And then everybody, there's another set of sins. And it's kind of like, well, those are just the way it is kind of sins. I know, you know, I'm not perfect. It's just, that's just the way it is. And we have these two different groups. One's this really terrible group. You better stop. You're going to hell. And the other one is, this is just the way it is. That's the way we look at it. And God looks at it. It's all the same. Isn't that amazing? It's all the same. I can't tell you how many times throughout my 25 years of ministry somebody comes to me and says, you know what, I know, I know, I know I'm perfect, okay? So I struggle, but that's just kind of the way it is. But you know what, if I did this over here, like that person over there is doing that over here, God turns their back on that person. And God says, sorry, you're wrong. It's all grouped together. So the Spirit, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is equally fighting against sexual immorality just as much as selfishness. Just as much as envy. The Holy Spirit is fighting equally against witchcraft just as much as the Holy Spirit is fighting against us being envious or being divisive or gossip. The Holy Spirit fights equally. That's what's so powerful about this passage. Okay. Now, what else do we see in this passage that, ha- that helps us here? Okay. We see at the end of this, he wraps up by talking about what the Holy Spirit wants to produce in our life. And here's where we get to the good stuff. And this is what we all truly, truly long for, deeply long for. So what does it say? But the fruit of the Spirit, here's what the Holy Spirit produces in your life. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, which is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Can I go through those nine things real quick for you and show you why they're so incredibly important to us? First of all, love. It means that you want to do what's best for other people. The opposite is fear. You're afraid that, oh my gosh, somehow that person's going to be better off or get something more than you. So what the Spirit does in your life is it takes that away and it helps you just to freely 
work for the good for other people. That's love. How about joy? Joy is, is even when you're facing difficult circumstances, you're not discouraged, you're encouraged. Wouldn't that be great to live that way? You would be encouraged, not discouraged, even in difficult circumstances. Peace. It means you're confident that God is at work. In other words, you're not worried or anxious because you know that God is at work. That's what it means to have peace. Patience. When you are, check this out, everybody, if the Holy Spirit is working in your life, this is what the Holy Spirit is working towards. He's working towards patience. It means when you're under pressure, you don't explode. Woo-hoo! Serious? When you are under pressure, you don't explode. Now, you know what the Washington Post said this past week, all right? Who are the second worst drivers in the entire United States of America? The people sitting right around you. <laughs> Who's sitting right around you, huh? And there's this explosion. I mean, you might face it today leaving the parking lot, right? So there's, but with the Holy Spirit's at work in you, you, you don't explode when you are under pressure. Kindness is the next word. That means that you serve others first. I went to the driving range, thinking about getting ready for the golf tournament. I went to the driving range about a month ago. And the place I go, just, they have a big basket, and you just fill your little basket thing up through the balls, whatever. So I'm walking up, there's a guy in front of me. He fills the whole thing up. He turns around, and he says, here you go, have it. I thought, whoa, I would never do that. So I said, so right, you, you serve others. You serve others first. Goodness is you're not a phony. You're not a phony. There's no spin. You're just raw and real. You're just who you are. That's what it means for goodness. Faithfulness means you're true to your word. You say it, you'll do it. You say it, you'll do it. You're true to your word. That's what it means to be faithful. Gentleness means that you're humble. You're not superior. You're not self-absorbed. I don't know if maybe somebody with gentleness doesn't take a bunch of selfies or what, but something like this, okay? You're not focused on yourself. And lastly, self-control. Self-control means you're not impulsive. You don't make knee-jerk reactions. You're not an impulsive spender. You're not an impulsive speaker. Ever say something just blurts out of your mouth like, oh, I should have never said that. Self-control helps you to do that. You know, I'm a small impulsive spender, speaker, eater, or reactor. Somebody just brought me yesterday a Rice Krispie treat because they know that I have a certain weakness for Rice Krispie. And they, the thing was as big as a brick. Okay? It would take like a whole week to eat this thing. Right? It took me five minutes. I ate that whole thing. And Paul, I felt terrible afterwards, but at the moment when I was doing it, it felt so good. But I wished I had more self-control, just two bites and put it away, but I did. Self-control. And this is what we long for. We long to be people that have these nine characteristics, love, joy, peace, patience, virtuous, to be a person of strength and honor. And in my interactions with men, definitely, I hear that all the time, I want to be that guy that embodies those nine things. Now, here's the thing. When the Holy Spirit is at work in your life, these nine virtues is the result of the work of the Spirit in your life. This is what Galatians 5 is saying, and that's why it's so important to us today. This is how practically the Holy Spirit works in our lives. We deeply long for this. We dream of being this kind of man or this kind of woman. Now, write this one in. This is really important. There are three types of people I see in the Bible. There's three types of people that I rub shoulders with. Um... In life, in Washington, D.C., they're either exhausted, delusional, or influenced. They're either exhausted, they're delusional, or they're influenced. Exhausted. We're trying to be that kind of person. We're trying to be that person, right, who is noble and has all this character and is self-controlled, all of these different character qualities that we hold up with high esteem. I want to be that guy, and we're trying so hard. We're exhausted. Oh, my gosh, I can't do this. Or we're delusional. 
We think, I am that guy. <laughs> I, I am that person. I have made it there. You know, delusional. And you've bumped into, you know, none of you are that, but you've bumped into people like that. And you know it when you do. And lastly, people who are influenced. These are people who daily, daily are influenced by the work of the Spirit in their life. And then they have love and joy and peace and patience and all of these great character qualities that we hold up in high esteem because, notice this, the Holy Spirit is influencing their life. Well, look how many times in Galatians 5, if you're following along, how many times the work of the Spirit is referenced. In verse number 16, it says, you need to walk with the Spirit. Wherever the Spirit's going, you say, yep, I'm going with you. I'm walking with the Holy Spirit. Verse number 17, the Holy Spirit desires this for you. These nine things, this is the desire of the work of the Spirit for you. Verse 18, the Holy Spirit leads you toward this. Verse 22, the Holy Spirit produces this in you. And finally, in verse 25, live by the Spirit, keep in step. It's like a dance, like stay in step with the Holy Spirit. So write this down. Here's what I, I really want you to consider doing. Say yes to the Holy Spirit. Say yes to the Holy Spirit. When we say yes to the Holy Spirit, we begin to take on the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. We begin to look like, we begin to look like God we begin to take on the qualities and the character of God of love, joy, peace, patience, and kindness. Now, New York Times did an article not too long ago about this. Married couples. When married couples are really in sync, like when they're really getting along, they're in sync, and everything's just working well, do you know if they've been that way for long periods of time that these married people begin to look like each other? New York Times said this, so we absolutely know it's true, okay? So I, I just, got, can we show you a couple pictures here? All right, now look at that. Look at that. Look how much they love each other. I mean, they look like each other. They're kind of shaped like each other. You know, they're wearing the same. They probably didn't have to talk about that color scheme that they were. They just did it naturally because they're so in sync. Let's see the next couple. Look at that. Now, look at Now, she has a lot, you know, more, that could be a wig, but we don't know. But she has more hair. But they kind of look like each other after all these years. Let, let's see this next. This is classic. This is cla look at this. Now, look at that. Huh? <laughs> Does it get any better than that? These are two people that are completely in sync with each other. Now they've begun to look like each other. Let's do one last one. Now, these guys here, I just, they're not happy, all right? They're, they're not filled with joy, but you've got to admit, they look like each other. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they are identical. Now, here's, we don't want to stop with just husbands and wives, okay? Because we realize it goes beyond that. Like, like if you have a dog... And, 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 and you're really in sync and you love your dog. Do you realize that you begin to kind of you look like each other? I have a couple pictures. Let's do this. Now look at that. Look at that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's Butch there. See? That... Look how cute that dog is. Okay. Huh? Again, it's a sync. They're loving each other. This is what happens when you're around. Is there not? Yes. 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 I think we have one last finale. Oh, yeah. There you go. You know what I'm saying? Huh? Snoop Dogg. Go ahead. Beautiful. This is what happens. When you keep saying yes to the Holy Spirit, when you keep saying, Holy Spirit, I want to come under your influence in my life more and more every day, we begin to look like the Holy Spirit. It rubs off, but you got to say yes. You got to say yes. It's a daily thing which you are saying yes to the Holy Spirit. Now, Ephesians 5.18, very important, very important verse in the Bible. And so this is what it says. It says, don't be drunk with wine. So don't get drunk with alcohol. 
because that's going to ruin your life. Instead, notice this, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And those words in the Greek, instead be filled, means keep on. Actually, they literally mean this. Keep on being filled with the Spirit. Okay? I want to say this real quick. Okay? I didn't bring up alcohol. I didn't bring it up. The Bible, the Bible brought up alcohol. Okay? So it's not my fault. All right. So here we go. What does this say to you? It says, thank you, whoever said, let's party, let's party, let's party. And when you say yes, let's party, it influences you. If you say no, let's not, there's no influence in your life. But if you say yes right here, it changes the way you walk. I know you don't know, I'm just telling you this because you don't know this, but I'm telling you for information. It, for, all, for people who say yes to this, it changes the way you walk, the way you talk, the way you think. The way you act, the way you see the world, it influences you. So if it was to say to me today, hey, John, let's party, and I say yes, it influences my life. And then if it says tomorrow, hey, let's party, and I say no, does it have influence over my life? No. It stops and it wears off, doesn't it? So we keep saying yes, and it keeps influencing our lives. Now, what does it have to do with the Holy Spirit? It has a lot to do with the Holy Spirit. You keep saying, yes, the Holy Spirit, I want you to influence my life more and more every day, greater and greater influence of the Holy Spirit upon your life to work God's love and joy and peace and patience and these things that we long for in our lives. It's so clear from the scripture. Jesus says, look, I want you guys, you disciples in Acts 1 and 2, I want you to go and you want you to wait on the Spirit and ask the Spirit to influence your life. As they go and they wait, and the Holy Spirit influences their lives, and there's this dramatic change in their lives. You know, what the smartest thing we could do every day, rather than being exhausted and trying to live that life, rather than be delusional and think we're living that life, the smartest thing we could do this week, all week, is spend your first five to ten, ten minutes every morning and say, Holy Spirit, I want you to have greater influence in my life. Holy Spirit, I want you to influence me towards love and joy and peace. Wouldn't that be the smartest thing to do? Rather than trying to do it in our own power we wait on the spirit and the spirit arrives and what we don't want to get into is starting off as they did in galatians with the spirit and then going off and doing their own thing hey i got it from here i'll take it from here god i'll take it from here i'll do it i've got it figured out don't do that ezekiel has a great verse here this is so important please hear what this says god speaking i will put notice this i will put my spirit in in you, and then what does it say? And do what? Move you. Are you moving yourself? Are you moving yourself? Where's the power coming from? The power is coming from the influence of the Holy Spirit at work in you to move you to be that person that you long to be, to be that person of noble character, to be that person of strength and honor. Right? Russell Crowe. He, you know, you watch these guys in these movies, and they play these parts, and a part of me says, man, I bet he really wants to be that guy. He really wants to be that gladiator, doesn't he? But in reality, he struggles with it and falls short. Mel Gibson, Braveheart, he really wants to be that guy, that virtuous guy. But in reality, he struggles with it. The answer that God gives us is the power, the influence of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. How much, how often do we wait on the Spirit to influence us, to move us, as Scripture says. I will move you to follow my decrees. Peter, Jesus' disciple, the head, the head guy, right? The head guy. 
He wanted to be that hero, everybody. Come on. That's so obvious from reading his story. He so badly wanted to be that guy who was solid as a rock. Jesus says, Peter, you're a rock. And he was anything but a rock. He was flim-flam all over the place. You couldn't trust him, couldn't rely on him. He said he was brave and courageous, and then he was a coward. And every guy doesn't... No guy, no guy wants to be a coward. And the harder he tried, the further he fell. Until Acts chapter 2. When the Holy Spirit comes down and influences his life and he becomes the guy he always wanted to be. I'm simply saying this to you. Man or woman, you have something in your heart that you want to be. And I'm telling you that the Holy Spirit will work in your life in a powerful way and allow you to become that person that you've always wanted to be. But it's going to take the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. That's how it worked for Peter in his own life. Pursue that influence. When we're done here in just a few moments and we take communion, the prayer team is going to be over there. And I've asked them to pray about this against that wall this week. Because you know what? I'm going to ask everybody to pray for a greater influence of the Holy Spirit over their lives. And as people come to you, like, like even during communion, just pray a quick prayer. The Holy Spirit would have greater influence. Imagine if we were a church that was filled with people who were under the influence of the Holy Spirit? What if every single one of us was under the influence of the Holy Spirit? How would that change us? How would that change the world around us? What impact would that have if we all were under the influence of the Holy Spirit? So let me say this. We have to start by waiting on the Spirit, and we have to continue. Do you get me? Listen to this. You have to continue by waiting on the Spirit. But there are things that you do. You just don't sit back and just say, okay, Holy Spirit, zap me. (laughs) <laughs> and when you zap me, boom, you know, it's all going to happen. No, 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 no. There's things for us to do. And I'm going to give you five things that we see clearly in the Bible that people who are under the influence of the Holy Spirit, this is what they say yes to, okay? But you can't stop, you can't stop waiting. Let me illustrate it by saying this. Um, when I was about four or five years old, I was with my grandmother who had broken her leg. Her name was Grandma Tetley. That's what we called my grandmother on my mom's side, Grandma Tetley. And we were at the corner of Columbia Pike and George Mason Drive. You all know where that is. It used to be a Grand Union there. It's some kind of other grocery store that's now. This is a million years ago. And that, that shopping center had a big slope in their parking lot, real, real, pretty tight slope. And it flowed down to George Mason Drive, which was like five or six lanes across. And then, then there was a bank on the other side of it. And so my mom ran in to get something out of the drugstore that was there. It used to be a people's drug. If anybody is an old Washingtonian, you're familiar with people's drugstore. Okay? So my mom ran in there. So my sister and I were just playing around in the car, having a great time, what five, six, seven-year-old kids do. And there's Grandma Tetley with the broken leg, just, uh, you know, 65 years old with the broken leg. And so we were hopping up and down, back and forth, front seat, and we hit the, the you know, yes, and put it in neutral. And immediately the car, zoo, just zinging on down. Now, for us as kids, this was awesome. Now, this is like a dream come true. We're just getting ready to fly right across five lanes of traffic, heading straight to the bank. Who knows how many times we're going to get hit across the way. But Grandma Tetley, what is she doing? Ah! You know, she can't do anything but scream. Ah! You know, all the way down. There's nothing she can do. I want to say, don't be Grandma Tetley. I want to encourage you not to be Grandma Tetley. You're not sitting there waiting for the Spirit to zap you. There are five clear things in the Bible that Spirit-filled people who are under the influence of the power of the Holy Spirit, this is what they do. What are they? Here's what you do. So if you think you're a Spirit-influenced person, you're doing these five things on this list. The first one is you say yes to worship. You say yes. What is worship? Worship is returning thanks to God. It means you honor God. You honor God. 
So you worship in song, you worship in a lot of different ways, but you return thanks to God. When, uh, some of you know, I just returned from a sabbatical, first one I've ever taken, and right off the bat, the beginning of this sabbatical, God hit me with this. I was talking to God about the church and everything, I said, God, we have so many prayer requests, you know, Please, we pray for long lists of people, you know, at our staff meeting or against the prayer wall. Please help with the answers. And all oh, it was like God immediately spoke back and says, Hey, buddy, uh, I've been answering a lot of prayers. Have you bothered to stop and acknowledge that? Y'all know that maybe you do, maybe you don't. There's this, this famous story of Jesus and 10 lepers. In the, uh, and like these 10 lepers are screaming out to Jesus, Hey, heal us. And it says he, he, he says, go show yourself to the priest. And on their way, he heals them, like as they're walking. And all 10 of them are healed. And only one, how many? One guy comes back and says, thank you. And God brought that to my memory. And along with that, God brought to my memory this. The one guy that came back and said, hey, thank you so much for what you did. God released an even greater answer to prayer, an even greater blessing in his life. I felt like God said to me, you know what? You need to back yourself up, John, and start saying thank you for the many things that I'm already doing. And if you do that, there's a good chance I'm going to release even something greater. Just a note to all of you here. You know, I mean, that made, I just, when that hit me, I just, because I pray on, in a notebook, I just start, oh, thank you. And I just start writing tons of stuff, you know, you know, because I don't want to do anything that holds God back, right? So we're going to begin to do this here. Honor God. I have just a couple. I've been collecting tons, but I just, I just fired off just, the, just a, a few that I had before me on a sheet of paper. We've had, in like probably in the last nine months, we've had two different separate occasions where people had hepatitis C. And they've gone to that wall over there because it's a big deal, medical deal. God, you know, can you heal me? Two separate occasions. And both of these people have been medically cleared by the doctor that they no longer have hepatitis C. I just want to, that's a big deal. That's a really big deal. We had somebody who had a very miserable work environment. Don't raise your hand just in case a coworker is here or a boss. A very miserable work environment. You know, I was going to really say I work in a terrible work environment, but that wouldn't work. Okay. I'm just joking. Okay. Uh, and so we had somebody over here. This, I'm working in a terrible work environment, and God dramatically changed their work environment. And that is an awesome. Think about that, if that could take place. We had somebody else who was under terrible financial pressure, and they had this major breakthrough. Like they went from in debt to all of a sudden, it's reversed. They have extra. And they're like, all the, they prayed. There was no way out for them. And God made a way where there's absolutely no way. We had somebody else went over here and their marriage was in crisis and God has begun to miraculously turn that marriage around. And I just want to honor God for that and say thank you God for what you've done. I think it's, I think it's absolutely awesome. People who say yes to the Holy Spirit, say yes to honoring God, say yes to worship. They say yes to Bible study. They say yes. This is the second thing they say. So they, Acts 2, they devoted themselves to studying of the Bible. They say yes. The third thing they say yes to is ministry. They get involved in ministry. Like we have all these ministry teams here, all these volunteer teams. And let me just as a side note, time out, okay? There are some of you in this room right now that God is calling you to minute, like vocational ministry. I guarantee you, somebody here in this room, God is calling you like full-time vocational ministry. All right? Now put that aside. But if you're feeling that, come see me. But... 
Every single person here, if the Spirit is influencing you, the Spirit is going to move you to be on a ministry team because that's what every single person under the influence of the Holy Spirit does. Do we ask you to join a ministry team because, like, we can't survive without you? Or do we do it because we want you to feel guilty? Kind of. But, <laughs> all right, but, but listen, to be, to, be, to, be, to be totally honest with you, look, if we can't staff a certain ministry team here, as far as I'm concerned, let's shut it down. That's not why we're doing it. You know why we're doing it? Because we want people to be living lives that are influenced by the Holy Spirit. When do you see Jesus Christ in Scripture the first time it says he was filled, filled with the Holy Spirit? As he begins ministry, as he steps out. Take note of that. You want to be a person under the... You call yourself a spirit-filled person? Well, then you're involved in ministry. And the saddest thing that I see, I've seen this for 25 years, people who've been around the church the longest do the least. And they always say to me, I've done my thing, I've done my time, it's time for somebody else. A spirit-filled person, those words never come out of their mouth, period. It just never happens. They say yes to ministry. Fourth thing they say yes to is missions. Missions. People under the influence. Jesus, I have come to serve, not be served. Jesus came to serve. And people who are in the, they're always involved in missions. They're always involved in missions. Two things hit me right as I began my sabbatical. The first one I just told you about, giving honor and thanks to God giving honor and thanks. The second thing was this. We do so much missionally around here. We have a long list of stuff that we're involved with on a daily basis with grace. But we, we, we don't take the time to stop and let everybody know what's going on. And so what our missions coordinator is going to do at least is every single month she's going to stand up here and give like a missions minute, although it's going to take like a missions three minute, all right? But missions minute sounds neater, okay? So, and she's going to spotlight what we have done and what we're about to do because that's the concern of Jesus Christ and that drives this church and it drives spirit-influenced people. And finally, they say yes to community. People who are influenced by the Holy Spirit are always in community, Acts chapter 2. They're always coming together in community, and they're always studying the Bible, which we talked about. So today, we're doing community group signups. You want to be a person influenced by the Holy Spirit? You're killing two birds with one stone. You're, you're doing community, and you're doing Bible study all at once, and you might even be doing ministry or something, but you're covering so many things by signing up, and this is what Spirit... Now, imagine with me for just a moment, everybody. What if this entire church was filled with people under the influence of the Holy Spirit, how would that change our world? How would that change our lives? If people walked in every week and there was so much influence of the Holy Spirit going on and we were walking, talking, thinking, looking, acting, and all that, that people could just see it. Would that be powerful? Okay, I want to conclude with this and then we're going to take communion. So if you're on the communion team, don't move yet. Don't move yet. I'm going to tell you one story and we're going to end. It's a guy many years ago that wanted to come to this country his family was not well off at all. They were quite poor. But he, there was hope in America, big hope in America. So he scrounged up just enough money to get a ticket on a passenger ship coming from Europe to the United States of America. And before he got on the ship, he knew that he had blown all of his money and needed to save as much money as possible. So he bought a small block of cheese and a couple crackers. And he kept that in his little tiny room that he had on the ship. And every day he cut just a little piece of the cheese and the crackers and he ate it. And he was trying to savor it for the seven days that it would take them to get all the way to America. And every day he would walk past the dining hall and he would see people in there just feasting, like tables filled with food. And as the days wore on, day two, three, four, and five, it just got worse and worse. And he would just stay just looking in the window, you know, oh man, 
I wish that was me. I wish I could afford it. One day, maybe I can afford to do it. On the last day, they're pulling into the port up in New York City, and they're pulling into the port, and a steward comes up to him and says, Sir, um, was, was everything okay? And the guy's like, yeah, it was a, it was a great, everything was great. It was a great ship. And he said, sir, I just want to ask you, did you not like the food that we offered? And he said, well, no, I'm, you know, I'm sorry to say it. I don't have the money to pay for it. He says, sir, you didn't know that was included in the price of your ticket? You could have been feasting the whole time. Do you not know it's the work of the Holy Spirit that moves you to be the person you've always wanted to be. You're getting up, you're going out every day, you're dealing with stuff that you're dealing with. Don't you know that it's the Holy Spirit that allows you to become the person you've always longed to be? Shouldn't waiting on the Holy Spirit at the beginning of the day be the thing, the thing that we do? Holy Spirit, come and influence my life in greater and greater and greater measure every day. This is what we're going to focus on as we take communion in just a moment. So if you're on the communion team, if you could go back. I'm going to describe communion to you real quick if it's your first time. And the music team's going to come up and they're going to play. So here's the thing. If you've never had communion with us before, first of all, communion's opened to everybody here. Second thing is there's five different stations. One here, one right there, and then right back there, right back there, and right back there. And in a moment, I'm going to pray and I'm going to say go. And take communion if you like or you not like, whatever you want to do in your own timing. And when you walk up, you're going to see a person with a plate of bread, the body of Jesus Christ, and a cup, the blood of Jesus Christ, his sacrifice for us. He gave his life for us. That's how much he loves you. He would do it over and over and over again every day. If you're the only person on the planet, he would do that for you. And you walk up and you take a piece of bread, you dip it in the cup, and you step aside and take it, or you go back to your seat. And I hope that you'll think about going back to your seat. And as you go back to your seat, I hope that you'll consider doing this. I hope you'll consider saying, Holy Spirit, I desire that you have a greater influence in my life. And I hope that you'll consider committing that all this week, every single day this week, that you'll consider saying as you start your day, Holy Spirit, I want you to have a greater, and see what happens. Hey, look, something's going to happen. If somebody commits to that, if somebody commits to that, something's going to change in your life this week. I'd love for you to email me and tell me what changes. I guarantee you, I've been doing this in preparation for this message for the past two weeks, and I want to tell you, things have changed in my life as I began to do that. Holy Spirit, have a greater influence. And I want you to consider doing that as you're here, you're thinking and praying, and you're thinking about what Jesus Christ has done for you. The prayer team is going to be there during communion. You're free just to go over there. They are prepared to pray for you with you that the Holy Spirit would have a greater influence in your life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, thank you so much for your incredible love. Thank you so much that you loved us this much that you gave your life. And you told us in the scriptures that you were sending us the Holy Spirit to clothe us with power. To be the people we've always longed to be. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would rend the heavens and you would fall down in this room right now and clothe us in power that we could be the noble and honorable people, people of strength and honor that we long to be. Not in our own, not in our own strength, not to live exhausted lives, but to live lives empowered by you. Bless the eating of this bread and the drinking of this cup to the honor and the glory of Jesus Christ our Savior. In your holy name, amen. 
Thanks for listening to this week's message. Grace Community Church, a church for people who don't go to church, meets on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. in Arlington, Virginia. Connect with us anytime at trygrace.org.